Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast, episode number 534. I'm your host, Christopher Jones. How is your life going by? I'm doing okay. Um, I crushed my hand in a farming accident, and it hurts like hell. So I'm, I'm, the one thing I've noticed is as a person gets older and older and older, and I'm getting older, um, I'm not as ambidextrous as I used to be. I used to be able to write with both hands. I could play ping pong with both hands. I could do all sorts of things with both hands. Now it, it's really getting a challenge. If I lost, this is my right hand, and I, I'm at a loss to do so many things. It's, it's like even cutting my steak is hard. Um, so, yeah, i got to do everything left-handed right now. It kind of sucks. So um, good thing I don't have to send this uh, the score sheet to Sparky because I don't think he'd be able to read it. But I can, so that's okay. Uh, anyhow, so um, we, we completed. Week one is in the books. 2023 CFL season is, is happening, guys. We, we've got football. We've got actual football games that count. They count for points, and they happened last week. And we had four great games that we're going to talk about in just a few minutes, and then we're going to pick the scores for next week. Uh, or this week coming up, this weekend coming up. So uh, this is this is awesome. This is football. Um, there's a lot to talk about in, in football games, and we will, uh, only because we, it's been since November that we can actually talk about a football game. Uh, and I don't really have any big problems with anything that transpired. We'll, we'll talk about some in-game issues, but, you know, there's no rant. There's no, no nothing really shitty out there happening right now that I have to bark about. So, um, you know, Randy Ambrose is not doing anything really dumb. There, you know, we're having some problems. We need a CFL app. What, oh, one of my rants that I, I, I have right now, CFL.ca has always been a wealth of information for stats, for uh, scores, for statistics from previous years. You could go back to 2000, even sometimes even further than that, and find out what the score in a game, how many running running yards there were, how much passing yards there were. Now there is nothing, nothing before 2023 season. So we only have one week of stats on CFL.ca. Everything else is gone. Now I understand they've hired, they've got some strategic alliances with some companies that have, uh, you know, stats and all sorts of stuff. But dude, man, don't erase what you had for something that you may get in the future. That's, that's just like stupid. So, we're we're at a dilemma right now. I went to look up some stats from 2019, and I can't. They don't exist. They're gone. Yeah, no, that's that's kind of my my big rant right now is what the fuck CFL.ca doing? I mean, they need to do a lot more than that. So uh, anyhow, let's figure this out. I'm gonna open up the mic here and talk to the boys, and we'll go from there. Uh, we've got, uh, Will McDonald from Calgary. Welcome, buddy. How are you doing? Uh, 
I am good. Well, well, you know what? You'll be happy to know something. So let me let okay. me get this right. Let me get this right. So you're having trouble using your right hand. Correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so that means that means you're left-handed, correct? Uh not right now. Correct? I well, I Okay, well, yes, okay. Okay, currently you're left-handed. Do you know William William is a lifelong lefty. And would you agree with the left side of your brain operates the right side of your body and the right side of yeah. your brain operates the left side of your body? Do you agree with that? In theory that is correct. That is what we're told. Okay. That's what we're told. So, do you do you realize that left-handed people are the only people of the right mind. Just thought I'd throw that in there, buddy. Other than that, that's all the wisdom I have for tonight. So, I used to box. And you want to know how to mess up an opponent? And set yourself up boxing right-handed, and then just as the bell stick rings, switch over to being a southpaw, because they don't know how to handle it. And you, you you lay a beating uh-huh. on him right away, and and then halfway through like round one, I'll switch back to being a right-handed boxer, and it 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 it, it won me more fights actually skill or talent. I just because fucked with their mind. Well, I wouldn't know about that. I've never punched another. I've never punched another human being in my life. So. Now. Believe that or not. Sorry to hear that. Got to have fun every once in a while. Anyhow. These guys are giving a look and they run away. Yes, move on. Charles, go ahead. Thank you very much. Hello. Hey, buddy. What's that? I said I was just down in Abbotsford today. Jesus, you don't even call me to say hello. Well, I, my my 92 year old mother is in the hospital at Royal Columbian, and I drove right. down at noon to go see her. I stopped at the Whatcom A and W, grabbed some food really quickly, jumped back on the freeway, and went into New West. Came back through rush hour Big traffic. Fair enough. I didn't have any time to. You've got a new Princess Auto. Yes, yeah, you know opening. that. It, 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 yeah. I did know that, yes. That's pretty spiffy. It's a, right by the highway. It's a, a, a quick assault. Just off, boom, bang, and get back on the highway and you're gone. That would be awesome. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I haven't been in there yet, but, uh, yeah, I know it's uh, there now. So how are you doing, Charles? Everything good? I'm doing all right. Yep. Excellent. The wife, the kids, the dog, the parrot. Oh, all good. Awesome. Okay. Now, we've got the third panelist here, Rudy. He's uh, driving his car. Driving in his car. Sounds like a Tracy Chapman song. Anyhow, um, I'm not going to sing. Uh, Rudy, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you doing? Good. Good. Just getting home. I was uh, refereeing the uh, professional sport of ball hockey this evening, so I got my exercise in. So I'll be home shortly, and uh, I'll be hydrating. 
with water <laughs> and uh, enjoying a, uh, another beautiful uh, summer day in Winnipeg, actually. So, there you go. Looking forward to week okay. two so, CFL. We've, uh, we've uh, wasted 10 minutes of our exciting football talk doing a, a little thing. We, we could do this. We can talk for half an hour in the off season. But when we get into the season, we have to get to football. Okay, so we're going to talk about the games that have, we have just gone through. So it, on Thursday, the very first game of the 2023 season was the BC Lions traveling to Calgary to play the Stampeders. And it was a hell of a good game. I, I think Calgary played some pretty good football. I was a little disappointed with their defensive backs and how they performed or lack thereof. Uh, Vernon Adams went nine for nine in a touchdown on the opening drive. And then BC offense kind of stalled for a while. Um, it was, it, it was a good game. I enjoyed it. Um, I'm happy with the way BC's going and I'm, uh, pleasantly surprised by, uh, Calgary, although they, they didn't, perform on the scoreboard, they didn't stink as bad as Will thinks they did. In my opinion. My opinion. Like, I could be totally off on this one. But, um, Will, you tell us what your thoughts are. You were at the game. How was it? Well, they didn't stink as bad as I thought they were going to, but bottom line, you know what I'm all about, right, Christopher? Wins. There's only there's only the wins, there's baby. only one stat that matters, and that's winning. And they didn't win, so they're not good enough. And they didn't. They um, did not win. Their uh, their defensive line that I kept on hearing about their vaunted defensive line, the defensive line that was going to be so good this year they didn't need Sean Lemon, had no push on the quarterback. You know what? I bet you you could take any quarterback in the CFL, and if he has all day to throw the ball, he's going to be successful. Um, their defensive backfield was horrendous. Um, there was a couple of good points to it, but I thought for the most part they were horrendous. And their offense was, like my favorite quarterback, Jake Nair, very beige. Okay? Very beige. Weren't exciting, weren't nothing. They they had no timing, they had nothing. Therefore they lost the game. So you know, B C B C as we thought. And don't forget I did pick uh I did pick B C third overall in our picks, so I thought they were gonna be good. And they were quite good. Um I don't know if you could be I don't can't remember how many points they scored in the first half. But they had 18 first downs, and the amount of points they scored wasn't very good for 18 first downs. So, but no, it was. They did move, but they did move the ball, and that's a start. Okay. So once again, as you guys always say, first five four games are exhibition games. That was a pretty good exhibition game for BC. Yeah, at one point just before halftime. Before halftime, they said TSN put up on the thing that said that BC had 17 first downs and Calgary had two. I think it was 18 and three, actually. Yeah. Same it's bizarre. Bizarre. Okay. Well, 
did you enjoy the game? It, it didn't look like there was a lot of fans in the stands. Was it as empty it was, as what it, it looked was, like on TV? It was absolutely gorgeous out. It was a beautiful night. And uh, they reported 17 and change. I'll take that for a Thursday night. Um, um, I, I don't care about the fans that weren't there. I care about the fans that were there. And I was there, and so were 17,000 other people. Exactly. So. And that's a good way to look at it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I mean, the way I look at it is I don't necessarily think the Stampeders have to turn a profit. And Charles will understand when I say this, because the salary cap in the CFL is $5.6 million. The guys who own the Calgary Stampeders gave uh, Jonathan Huberto $10 million a season for the rest, next seven years, so they must have lots of money. All I'm gonna yeah, say. good point. All I'm gonna say, and he sucked, and he sucked last year, so, and he blamed it on the coach, so I got nothing more to say. Yeah, amazing when you can blame it on the coach. Yeah. Charles, yeah, it is. you Those... take it away here. Tell us what you thought of the BC Lions' first game of the season, Calgary Stampeders, and anything else pertaining to this game. Well, very obviously very happy with the win. That goes without saying. Um, certainly the Lions, especially in the first half, the Lions' offense was dominant. Uh, I think that the um, Calgary defensive backs forgot to go onto the field because I didn't see them very much, and neither did the BC receivers because they were open virtually all night. Um, also, um, the Lions' defense, I thought very, very well, uh, held Calgary to just one touchdown and field goals the rest of the night. I mean, when's the last time you saw Rene Paredes miss his first two field goals? And they were both field goals that he normally would make. But, uh, yeah. no, happy with the Lions. I mean, the Lions were by no means perfect, and their offense kind of slowed down a little bit in the uh, second half. Um, so they, uh, even with the win, they certainly have uh, enough room for improvement. I think the offense needs to get better, although I was encouraged by what I saw. I was encouraged by the running game, too. Uh, yeah. The uh, Lions running back, um Taquan Mazel, 81 yards rushing on 12 carries. I thought he was very effective. In fact, overall, the Lions, uh, I think, uh, had about close to 150 yards rushing, if I'm not mistaken, 123. So uh, that was a big question mark on how their uh, running game is going to go coming into this season. And, hey, it, they did it pretty well. I mean, i got to admit, uh, I was pleasantly uh, surprised with that. So it was a good first road game, a good first road win for the Lions. Certainly room for improvement, but uh, no, I, I was ha- quite happy with it. Yeah. For, the, for how wide open the BC receivers were and for how much time Vernon Adams had in the pocket, um, I'm really disappointed with the amount of yards they got, or, or shall we say points. Yeah, they probably you know, should have had more points. They left the points on the field. Yeah. Week one. Week one. We'll put it off to week one. 
Yeah, of course. But, uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was pleased, pleasantly pleased. I, I cannot say I was surprised. I expected it. I think we all did. Uh, Rudy, you're up. What's your take on this football game? Yeah, I mean, for the, for the first, you know, regular season game, you know what, I think BC is, they did what they have to do. They got the uh, the win. I think, um, like you said, they need they need to put more points in that game, but I think that'll come as, as they play more games this season, and I wouldn't worry about, about that. Calgary, they have a lot to prove. I mean, they got to move the football. And uh, without uh, their, their running back this week coming up against Ottawa, they might be in big trouble. Um, their defense hung. I mean, I guess you could say they, they, they bent and didn't break. Um, that could have been a 30-40 blowout, point blowout. Um, but, I mean, I think Calgary is uh, – it, it's hard to fathom Calgary not being, a, you know, a big dog in the West. We haven't seen it in a long time, so it's very odd to to, to predict Calgary was not going to win and go out there, and it just was not happening for them on last Thursday. But stranger things have happened. Okay, so final score was BC Lions 25, Calgary Stampeders 15. Total of 40 points were scored in this football game. Charles picked BC at 43. He uh, got Got 136 points with his diff differential. Uh, William, you got you picked Calgary 42. You ended up with 38 points. Uh, CJ picked BC at 52. There wasn't enough points there. Uh, got 118, and Rudy picked Calgary and ended up with 34 points. So we'll total these at the end of the game. At the end of the the talk here. So uh, game two was Friday night. We had a game. Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. It was kind of an interesting, weird, weird weekend. Four, four days of football. Uh, so Friday night football, return of Friday night football, was Hamilton Tiger Cats into Winnipeg uh, to play the Blue Bombers. And it went about according to plan. Uh, I don't think anything was anybody surprised anything about this. Hamilton got more points than I thought they should have. But that being said, you know, it happens, and and it usually does. So, uh, Rudy, I'm going to let you go first. You're the Hamilton uh, Blue Bomber fan. Uh, were you at the game? Yes, I was. Yeah. Okay. About twenty nine thousand so there. What, so. the was, what your take on the game was, and uh, what you take of the atmosphere of the stadium? Go at it. Uh, yeah, the atmosphere was uh, was awesome. As uh, it has been the last few years at uh, IG Stadium. And uh, the fans were treated to uh, what we thought was going to happen. Uh, Winnipeg on offense was dominant. Hamilton had no answer. It was, uh, I mean, even when Hamilton made their, their little comeback with um, all the turnovers, all the very sloppy turnovers on special teams that the Bombers were, were giving them in the second half, there was no real panic in the crowd. It was kind of like the, the Bomber fans were kind of, amused at what was happening, but there was never really any panic. And I mean, Bo couldn't move the football. Uh, he didn't throw the, f- the football. I mean, I saw a stat today somewhere that he has, he has the longest passing average right now uh, out of week one. But I mean, that might've been in garbage time because there was Hamilton had nothing. But what I think is Hamilton still has 18, 17 games to get better. 
and I think they will. So I think they'll they'll build off they'll build off week one, and they're going to get better. The Bombers, I don't think. I mean, there's a little room for improvement, but they're kind of at where they're going to be for the for the entire year. They'll clean up those turnovers, and uh, I think BC will still give them a run for their money this this year in the West. Okay. William, take it away on this football game. Well, as I've been saying for two years now, I don't care how far Bull can throw the ball. If it's got no zip on it, it's not going to make a difference. And he threw some nice, wonderful, long, looping passes that uh, you can tell there's no power behind that, that punch. And, and I'm going to tell you, he looks good, as in, as in he looks good in a Hamilton uniform, and, and he's kind of got that, that studly quarterback look going on, but that's about it. Um, the, the, the question <laughs> I have, and I, and I don't understand it, and, and, and maybe you guys can explain it to me, how does, why do opposition teams, when they play the Bombers, let uh, oh my God, I forgot his name now. The Canadian receiver, Rudy. What's his name? From Winnipeg. Oh, he Paul Saskatchewan. Now he's in Winnipeg. Gamsky. No, oh, no, Gamsky. 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 How the how the fuck do they let Gamsky get so wide open all the time? Do they do they not they cover have... him because he because because they think he's Canadian? Is that why? Because no, I think he's every I think time. I saw it last year too. He's like twenty yards past everybody else. And like he's a smart receiver. He cover this guy. He's a smart. He's a smart it's receiver. You know what he does. He, he just, he's one of those Canadians that are smart, and he knows the the, the the Canadian game, and he studies it, and he just he just finds those little those little teams, and he's kind of like a throwback to some of the old Canadian receivers we we saw in the eighties and nineties. So. But uh, I mean, Winnipeg just have weapons, so you can't cover everybody. You know, and wait till Lawler gets. Yeah, it just it blows it blows my mind that he's always wide open. Just I just can't get past that. It's ridiculous. You'd think teams would defense for him because he's a great receiver. So well, kind of like Ray Elgar hey. in Saskatchewan. Why was he always open? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, hey, anything um, else? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we expected it. Hamilton lost. Winnipeg won. Winnipeg's in mid-season form. I think they will get better. Let's wait and see. Go ahead. I don't think there's that much room to get better. They may get better. They probably will. I wasn't overly impressed with uh, their defense didn't step up when it should have, but. It wasn't that bad because they got Hamilton got more points on turnovers than they did on offense. So, uh, Charles. Well, I'm just kind of echoing uh, what the what you guys were all saying. Winnipeg looked great. They roared out to a big lead early. Um, Hamilton tried to mount a comeback with some bad um, uh, turnovers by the Bombers. Can the secondary of the Ticats not learn to stand? Because they kept falling down over and over again. There's no wonder the Bombers receivers were all, were all open because half the time the Ticats 
defensive backs were lying on their back like a turtle that had flipped over. Um, Bully by Mitchell's passes look like a guy at the park playing pass with his little kid because I think if he threw it and he hit a piece of paper, it probably wouldn't break through the paper. It would bounce off the paper and bounce back because he's got no zip on his passes whatsoever. His shoulder is clearly not there anymore. You can clearly see it. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, I'm sorry. I have a real problem seeing any chance of the Ticats winning a Grey Cup with that, with that kind of passing arm. It just doesn't um, – I just can't see it. And their, their defense looked lousy. Um, boy, the, the Ticats went out and spent a lot of money, brought in a lot of free agents. It's only one game. But not a very impressive outing. And the Bombers looked in mid-season form. I mean, they've got the majority of their team back. Um, so they're pretty well in sync. Uh, I don't think they can get much better than they did. But uh, yet, uh, if I'm a Hamilton fan and a Hamilton player, I'm a little bit concerned because I know it's one game, but they didn't look close to top-notch. And Bob Levi Mitchell cannot throw with any strength behind it. There's a couple of things that I I, I noticed. I I was really impressed with Hamilton's special teams. Pretty much all the way through the game, they did well. Um, They're responsible for two touchdowns, even though one of them got stopped on the the two-yard line and then Bo had to push the ball in. Um, And they got 21 points off the turnovers. And like I said, 21 points, and the Hamilton got 31. So there was only 10 points that the offense scored. It, it, it wasn't impressed at all. And as Will has been saying, as I've been saying, as everybody's been saying for the last two years, Mitchell's toast. I, he's going to start getting picked off. You can't float the ball down the field the way that he is against B.C., T.J. Lee will be running them back into the end zone. It's just going to happen. He's going to get picked off time and time and time again because you, he can't throw the ball As long as he doesn't try like to that. lateral it. Yeah. There's always ways around it. I don't care what the defect of the quarterback is. You can make any quarterback look good. The Riders in 2013 made Darian Durant look like an all-star. Okay. If you can make any any quarterback look good, Hamilton can make Bully by Mitchell look good. It's why should they find a quarterback and win a great cup? You ju- you bought yourself a team, but you didn't buy a quarterback. You think you did? Everybody wants the bow of old, and what they got is old bow. Score was Hamilton thirty-one, Winnipeg forty-two. That was 73 points. Charles, you picked Winnipeg at 48. You got 100 points for that one. Nothing for the diff. William, you went to Hamilton. You got uh, 27. You got zero for this game. Zero, zero for this game. CJ took Winnipeg at 45. I got 100 with zero on the diff. And uh, Rudy, you got 100 for the game and zero on the diff. So that's about it. Week all right, sorry, Saturday night saw the Ottawa Red Blacks into Montreal. 
Now, this was a very low-scoring game. And afterwards, everybody was talking about the great defensive struggle that this was, the great defensive battle. I didn't see a defensive battle. I saw two pathetic teams playing football. And I'm not even totally sure I could call it football. It was terrible. It was a gross misjudgment, miscarriage of justice to the football fans for this game. It was absolutely terrible. It was a god-awful game. I expected way more out of Ottawa, and I was pleasantly surprised with Montreal's defense. Uh, Not so much on their offense, but their defense was pretty solid. Uh, Cody Fajardo was just a useless kid out there, and uh, nobody was surprised by that, except Montreal fans think that he's the second coming. Kind of like when he was in the Riders, and and Phil Miller thought he was the best quarterback, an elite quarterback in the CFL. No, not going to happen. Cody Fajardo is not there. Montreal, full marks for them on this game. Uh, They they, they won one they shouldn't have, uh, only because it's kind of like the Riders last year. I picked the Riders to be last in in the West, and the only reason they weren't is because the Elks were worse. It wasn't because the Riders were awesome. It was just that the Elks were worse. Montreal's not an awesome football team. Ottawa's just worse in this game. Uh, Lots of improvement, lots of things that have to happen there. Nick Arbuckle, uh, he's got one more game, maybe two, and then Jeremiah Mazzoli is supposed to be back on the field. So he's got to perform, or there's not much point in him sticking around this league much longer because I don't think anybody else is going to want him. Uh, that's my take on this one. I just, it's, yeah, terrible garbage game. Charles, what's your take on it? Uh, it was, uh, pretty close to yours. I didn't think any, either one of these teams has looked any good. Cody Fajardo looked crappy. Um, Nick Arbuckle looked worse. Uh, when you can barely, when the two teams barely, um, get to 30 points combined, I mean, and the, I believe the Alouettes offense only, in fact, there was only one touchdown in this game. That was by the Alouettes early on. Uh, I don't believe there was another one after that. I think the rest is all field goals. Um, But, yeah, these were two teams that didn't look very good. These are two teams. It was a battle of basement rollers is what it was, uh, to be perfectly honest. Now, I do think that Ottawa can get better, and they should get better. Montreal maybe marginally can get better, but if these two teams don't get substantially better, most other teams in this league are going to run over both of these guys with a lot of ease. So we'll have to wait and see if they get any better because, quite frankly, that was bad versus worse. On Saturday, hundred percent. Yeah, that's all I got for that one. Yeah, William, step up. Yeah, you know what? I don't have much to say. I don't have much to say. You know what? I watched the football game. I like to watch football. It was a football game. There was football players on the field. They had a football. It was a football game. Wasn't a great football game. Um, I actually thought Cody Fajardo looked better than I thought he would, and Nick Arbuckle kind of sucked. But I think, uh, once again, it's the East. These teams are going to get better, and all you got to do is win six games in the East, and you're in the playoffs, baby. So 
Go ahead. Right. So you you said you, Cody Fajardo looked better than you thought he would. Did he look good because Ottawa didn't? Well, he looked good because come on, his knees not hurt anymore, and 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 he has an offensive line, and and he had so many excuses last year, you know. So he didn't look bad. I mean, hey, give it okay. give it some time. Yeah, they'll learn to hate him as much as I do. Okay, good. Just just there. Rudy, talk football. Um, I have to give credit to the fans who paid actual money to watch that game, so kudos to them. Um, it was uh, it was tough to watch. Like, that was a tough game to watch. I mean, the Owls got the result, and, I mean, maybe they'll, they'll bungle their way to a seven-win season. Ottawa, I thought Arbuckle... I was expecting more of Arbuckle. Like, this is a big chance for him to show what he can do because, like you said, he doesn't have many chances left. And this is a prime opportunity to uh, get a get a win in Montreal and start the season off, you know, with a win for a change for Ottawa. And uh, it just didn't happen. So we'll see what happens this week. Uh, if they can't beat Calgary, then it's uh, big trouble. So that's it for – Okay. So the final score was Ottawa Red Blacks 12, <laughs> Montreal Alouette 19, total 30 points. Charles, you took Ottawa at 40, so you got 24 points for this game. Will, you took Ottawa at 28, you got 36 points for this game. CJ picked Ottawa at 34, I got 36 points. And Rudy, you picked Ottawa as well, and you got 26 points. So, that was a pretty much a, a terrible game for everybody. Uh, the last game Sunday night was the Saskatchewan Rough Riders into Edmonton, where Edmonton had not won a football game in 1,300 days at home, uh, dating back to October, I believe, of 2019. Uh, it, this game was no better than the Ottawa-Montreal game. It was no better. And there are people that are out there right now, green guys, that are jumping up and down because, as Will said, it's all about the W, and the Riders got the W, and good for them. But they, oh, my God. Any other team in the league? How come there was two really good football games and two absolutely terrible ones? Uh, it, it, it just stunk. All of these Trevor Harris didn't. Trevor Harris did nothing. Uh, Taylor Cornelius was worse. Uh, I, that was always my big question mark with the Elks this year, whether or not their quarterback was going to be able to step up and, and, and come to the table and play football. I, I assumed that they would when I picked Edmonton to be second or third in the West Division. If Cody or Taylor Cornelius cannot play football, I don't know what they're going to do. The Elks are, are, are done because this, this was just a, a, an absolute pathetic showing of football by both the Riders and the Elks. Close game. In fact, at one point in time, uh, the Elks were first in goal from the one. Saskatchewan stopped them. They went first, second and goal from the one. Saskatchewan stopped them. They went third down and one from the third down and goal from the one, and the Riders went offside. 
and the officials didn't catch it. Command center didn't catch it. Yeah, but it's clearly in the pictures. Like, the, the replay clearly showed the man was over the line of scrimmage. The ball was still on the ground. Uh, no flag. And even if he was drawn offside, it should have been a um, no, I'm a procedure call, and it, the play should have been blown dead, and they should have moved back five yards, and Edmonton would have gone for it, and they would have passed the ball. I'm not saying that they would have won the game. I'm not saying they would have put it in the end zone. But you can't let an official make that much impact on a football game. And I'm not saying the official lost the game for Edmonton. I'm not saying that they won the game for Saskatchewan. But that one missed call changed the complexion of this entire game. Because they turned it over on downs. It was now Saskatchewan first and goal. First on the one. And uh, how do you do that? Now, the other thing that happened that was really stupid, and I'm trying to figure this out, and I can't. It's 17-13 to 13 on the final play of the game. The riders are on, like, the 30-yard line. It's, it's complete, Okay. Uh, there's there's probably about 11 seconds left after the 30-second clock is gone. So Saskatchewan, instead of taking a knee, turning the ball over on downs, and uh, Edmonton getting it at their own 30, or instead of taking the ball from the shotgun, handing it off to the running back, and have the running back run the wrong way, and kill off 11 seconds and step out of bounds, or do something, okay, kill the clock somehow, they choose to go deep into the end zone, which didn't happen, and their starting quarterback got drilled and ended up injured. And still hasn't practiced for the team. They got a game in two days. What kind of a bonehead call is this by the coach to go for it with 11 seconds left in the game when you already own the game? Yes, I understand point differential matters in your division, and that's important, but it's not that important. You won the game. If you win the season series, you don't worry about point differential. Why would you jeopardize your starting quarterback in that capacity? Now, if they wanted got a touchdown, we wouldn't be talking about this. We would be saying how wonderful it was and how awesome it was. But it didn't happen that way. That was a bonehead fucking play by Craig Dickinson. I, I, there's no other words for it. It was just stupid. Give it to the running back and have him kill the penalty just like Bobby Orr used to do. Take it out of the offensive zone, skate the neutral zone, skate around, skate around, back down to the offensive zone, go behind your net, look around, play around a little bit. Oh, look, penalty's over. That's what he needed to do. The running back needed to run around and then walk out of bounds. Kill 11 seconds. You can kill 11 seconds by running around like an idiot. There's no way that any of the uh, Edmonton Elks would have caught him because he would have had a 30-yard advantage on him because nobody would have expected him to do it. 
It was a dumb play. It was a pathetic game. It was a terrible game, and it was no different than what we expected it to be. These are two, two well, Edmonton I did not pick to be this bad, but Saskatchewan I did. So I'm not surprised by anything here. I'm going to move on. I'm going to shut up. Rudy, take over. Oh, boy. Uh, you know what? Edmonton is uh, Edmonton's in big trouble. I mean, that, that game, the big crowd, I mean, Cornelius knows the offense. There was no reason for him to struggle that badly against an average Saskatchewan team. They didn't do anything special, um, and Harris did nothing offensively. So it was uh, it was basically, yeah, it was like the Montreal-Ottawa game. It was just a terrible football game with a lot of mistakes. And, uh, I mean, a lot of penalties, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, penalties if, by the outcome. Yeah, like if you're going to promote the CFL, you're not showcasing that game. Like, hopefully that game was not shown in the U.S. Um, and I, I know Saskatchewan fans count that as a great cup win last week. So I think they have five great cups. They, they, might, have, they might unroll a banner on Friday celebrating that fact that they won their fifth great cup last week. So um, other than that, yeah. I mean, hopefully uh, <laughs> the play... <laughs> hopefully the play improves next, next week across the board for, for a few teams. Well, Winnipeg's in Regina, so I don't know how Saskatchewan's going to fare there. Okay, Charles. Charles, tell me what you thought about this game. I know I ranted on for too long, but can you add anything to that? Awful, awful, awful. Um, I, coming into the season, honestly did think that the – that. Um, Taylor Cornelius uh, could take another step and actually become a bona fide starting quarterback. Boy, uh, my thoughts on that has changed dramatically. He looked awful in this game. He had the one big play where Eugene Lewis made the play for 103 yards, and I believe he had 102 yards the rest of the game. So he had literally it, half it, it, it was a beautiful play. one play. Great play and nothing other than that. So uh, it's uh, really, I mean, I was expecting um, Edmonton to make a jump this year, but whew, they looked a whole lot like last year uh, on Saturday, on Sunday. So, uh, again, we got to preface this by saying it's week one, but uh, they need a uh, – more than just a little bit of improvement. Let's put it that way. They really, they need to get a lot more improved. Uh, and Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan, the big reason the Saskatchewan won is they were playing Edmonton. But playing the same game against many other teams, like I said against, uh, like I said about uh, much of the other teams, playing, they're playing other team other than Edmonton, they're probably not winning because there was nothing special about them either. So, and what the hell was Craig Dickinson thinking? The game's <laughs> over. All you want to do is kneel down. No, let's try and score a touchdown and get our quarterback injured 
and now they're having closed practices and not talking to the media. I'm starting to lean towards that Trevor Harris isn't going to play this week because of being injured on that play. How stupid was that? Nobody does that. You kneel down, you go, first of all, it's bad sportsmanship to pile on like that. And second of all, there's no reason to get your quarterback injured on a meaningless play like that. It's stupid. But, no, let's let let's go ahead and play that. It's just dumb, dumb, dumb. And this is, uh, CJ's talked about how Craig Dickinson shouldn't be a head coach. Plays like that are the reason why. Because that was uh, a veteran, good, top-notch head coach doesn't pull off some sort of gimmick play like that and get his starter injured. Wake up. And that's all I got to say. If, if, if he kneeled down, okay, it, the O-line would have had to keep Saskatchewan away or Edmonton away, the Elks away, for 11 seconds before he kneeled down, okay? And that's possible. Maybe the Elks wouldn't have tried to get the ball back because, you know, the hope of them getting anything. So they would have killed off five or six seconds, and then he kneeled down with four seconds left, and they got one shot at it. Uh Whatever happens, but, you know, you don't do dumb-ass shit like that. You just don't. It, you don't. Um, Better to the give them one long-shot play than to be without your starting quarterback. Yeah. The, the, the penalties were atrocious for the Elks. That is a discipline problem that Chris Jones will fix. Down my mind. He has ripped a strip off of everybody who got a penalty and the rest of the team as well. They will either have much better discipline in the next game or people will be fired. He, he, he has never been hesitant to pull the trigger on somebody or something like that. And the same with his defense. His defense was not up to par, and he will fire people. He will bring in new bodies until he gets a working defense in there. His defense will be one of the best in the league. This year, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, I have faith Chris Jones is going to correct the problems he had in week one. Week two will be a different Edmonton Eskimo team, unfortunately, or for them or for me. I don't know. They're playing in BC. I don't think they're going to win it. But uh, I hope they uh, actually fix some of their problems. William. Your two most you know famous what? teams in the CFL went head to head. You know, you know what? You know what? I'm I'm sitting here listening to you guys, and I mean, there's comments about Taylor Taylor Cornelius. Let me ask you a question. In 2001, did the Stampeders write off Marcus Crandall after the first game? No, they didn't. Okay, and they went on and won a great cup. So, so give Taylor Cornelius the benefit of the doubt. He's only a third-year quarterback. We know that Chris Jones doesn't spend lots of time on offense, okay, because he's a defensive guy and he's never going to give you the best, the best. But Taylor Cornelius isn't that bad, and Edmonton has a pretty darn good receiving core. So I think Edmonton's going to get better. And once again, you know, exhibition game, Okay. The game itself was not great. I'll give you that. There was a team that won, so it was great for them. Saskatchewan won 
um, Trevor Harris did what Trevor Harris does. Not much. And he's on a decent team and he wins. They won. So that's all that matters. And, you know, I didn't see any Ryder fans jumping on the Grey Cup bandwagon this weekend, this week. But I'm sure they're out there. I tried to stay off media this week. I tried to stay off media. There was a few. And the the other thing I was going to say is that, yeah, some of these teams are looking real bad, okay? And some of these games are real bad. But if anybody on this panel has, 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 has experience with really bad teams, it's Rudy, who's watched one for 25 years up until five years ago. So shitty teams get better. Let's face it. It's, it's, it's cyclical, man. And, and who knows? These teams, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Montreal or Ottawa could be in the Eastern Final. And Saskatchewan or Edmonton could be in the Western Final or at least semifinal. So can't write anybody off yet. I'm not First, writing them no, off. But saying what, they, what they showed us was not good. No, of course don't not. Forget, but, the, but you say that the for any team that loses a game. Yeah, what about them? They had pedigree, so they had a lot of players that won cups in '98. So it's not like they didn't have some good players. They had Calvin Anderson still, I think, front on the ball. They still had good receiving core. They, I mean, they they struggled through the year. No, what they but, had, I what mean, they had was a, what they had was a was a drunk bomber team. That's what they had. Okay. Yes. Well, no, but hey, they they also hammered Edmonton and Commonwealth. Hey, they beat they, the week before. They beat that should been a wake up call to everyone when they beat Edmonton in Edmonton the week before. Like they kicked the shit out of them. Right. So that should have been the wake up so call. So once that again, Sam said, uh, all I'm trying to say is on that. any given day, guys. Yeah. On any given day, guys. Yeah, but it's that simple. This Eskimo team is not. This 100%. Team is not okay. Have that. Let's finish this one up. Okay, well, the final but, score was Saskatchewan Rough Riders 17, the Edmonton Elks 13. Total points were 30. Uh, Charles, you picked Edmonton. Eh. You got 14 points. Will, you picked Edmonton. You got 12 points. CJ, you picked Edmonton. You got six. Rudy took Saskatchewan. You got 112 points. Yeah, Rudy. Ah, big deal. Saskatchewan one. Okay, so let's, uh, let's go to let's go to the standings. The week one standings after week one. Charles is in the lead with 274 points. Followed very closely, very closely, by Rudy at 272 points. With CJ in third place, 14 points off the pace with 260. And Will, 86. 86 points for William. Okay. I don't know about that one, buddy. You just, you're just spotting us some points and catching up at the end like you normally do? Is that what you're going to tell us? Okay, week two games. We got the Calgary Stampeders traveling east to Ottawa. That is, I think, that's Thursday night, isn't it? Tomorrow night? Okay, so what's your take Thursday on night. the Calgary-Ottawa game? I, you know, I'm, I'm leaning towards Calgary on this one, 
only because Ottawa didn't show us much. Calgary showed us more. I think Mayer's a better quarterback than Nick Arbuckle, or Nick Arbuckle would still be in Calgary. My personal opinion. I so let William. You go first on this game. What do you think about it? What's your score? Who's your pick? Tell me what you think. Well, my biggest my biggest issue is uh, Ottawa knows Calgary, and Calgary knows Ottawa. Okay, that's the problem because they can't do anything different. Or they have to do something different. Sorry. Um, Nick Arbuckle. You know what? Nick Arbuckle, he gets, he gets streaky. And once he gets on a streak, look out. Okay? So he can get streaky because I expected more out of him last weekend. Um, uh, of course, the Stamps are without Kevin Carey for the next however long, six weeks. They put him on the sixth team today. But they also have they two other capable running. Yeah, they also have two other capable running backs in the in the in the background. So I don't think that's going to be an issue. Um, they have they have some, not that they have a plethora of receivers, but they have some receiver injuries this year, week as well. And they also spent the first two days of the practice week indoors because it was too smoky here. So they had lots of walkthrough, but not really any uh, any real practices. So um, we'll see what happens, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna count Calgary out yet. Because besides, it's against Ottawa. They don't notoriously do well in Ottawa, but I still will not pick Ottawa this week. I'm gonna go Calgary to win, and I'm gonna go with. Uh, 35 points. Okay. Charles? Yeah. East versus West. Uh, West versus East here, actually. Two teams that looked lousy last week, but I think Calgary looked less lousy than Ottawa. I think Calgary's got a better defense. Offensively, these two teams are kind of stagnant. Last week, actually, I think they were roughly the same point. I think uh, Calgary scored, like, what, two more points than Ottawa? Uh, so I don't expect this to be very high scoring. Uh, I really think both of these are tough. This is tough because neither one of these teams are very good. But I'm going to pick Calgary. I think they're a little bit better than Ottawa. I think Ottawa, like I said earlier, is a team that's going to get better as the year goes along. I just don't see that they're good enough to beat Calgary. as not not as unimpressive as Calgary is and as unimpressive as they were last week. Still think I would will pick them to beat Ottawa. I'll take Calgary uh, forty points. Okay, ready. We lose already? Oh, sorry. Um, all right. Yeah, I think this will be one of those home team blowouts. I think Ottawa's going to finally do something and uh, win this game without. I mean, Calgary doesn't have Perry at running the ball. Mayer is struggling throwing the ball. I just don't. I, I don't see them winning this game. Um, I think I'll give it to Ottawa 
I'll say 31-15 and like 46, 46 points. Okay. Okay, so the way I'm looking at this game is, is two different things. We, we weren't impressed with Calgary's performance, but they were playing BC. And BC is a much more rounded and solid team than uh, Montreal. Okay? Ottawa barely lost to Montreal. Calgary barely scored. Cal- Calgary scored about the same points, actually about three more points than what Ottawa did against the BC Lions, which I think is a much more solid team. So I'm going to give the edge to Calgary here. They are a better, stronger team than the Ottawa Red Blacks last week. Can they do that again this week? I think so. I'm taking Calgary Stampeders. I'm going with the big 48 points. I think it's going to be a little bit more high-scoring game, going with 48 there. That's my take on it. Uh, the second game uh, is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers heading to Regina to play the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Wow. Uh, I guess we're really going to see what, you know, and the Ryder fans are already saying that they've lost this game, that they know they're going to lose this game, and that, oh, well, what do you expect? Uh, we're just not as good a team as Winnipeg. Well, that's a defeated, defeatist attitude, but I don't disagree with them. I uh, they're going. You, if you're going to win the cup, you have. It's going to go through Winnipeg. You're going to have to beat Winnipeg. Very, very few people, and very few teams are not going to have to beat Winnipeg to get to the Grey Cup. So it's got to happen. If you can't do it, don't consider yourself a contender. Charles, Winnipeg versus actually Rudy, you you take this one up first. Winnipeg versus Saskatchewan. You're picking Winnipeg. I have no I think, doubt about that. Yeah, I, I, I think I think Saskatchewan will uh, put up a better effort than most people think. I mean, they're at home. They'll have a home crowd. Um, I think they're going to hang tough with Winnipeg, but Winnipeg just has too much. Unless if now Winnipeg is as sloppy as they were in the second half, then yeah, you're going to have a good old fashioned CFL upset. But uh, no, I think Winnipeg wins this by ten points, and I'll say the total. It's 54 points. 54? Yeah. Let you go now. Uh, I honestly believe it's uh, Winnipeg just a far superior team right now. They may, Saskatchewan, they may be able to keep it close for a little bit, but I still think uh, this is going to be uh, a Winnipeg win. I just don't see them. They don't have the firepower, and uh, I don't think they've got the defense to take down that Winnipeg uh, offense, which looks in midseason form. Uh, and I, I honestly think Hamilton's a better team defensively than Saskatchewan, and Winnipeg put 41 points up on them. Home or not, this is going to be a Winnipeg win. I think it's going to be a fairly easy Winnipeg win, so I'm going to go uh, Winnipeg. Uh, 46. Okay. William? Well, because I was going to have to try and catch up, I had been contemplating taking Saskatchewan, but Trevor Harris may not play. Is that correct? There's a a rumor out there that he is still hurt. I also he didn't practice today. He was, was going to practice today, but he did not. He did not practice today. So, 
Um, <laughs> why? And and you know what? Even if even if he's a little bit hurt, why wouldn't they keep him out? Because there's a long season ahead, and if you don't have a quarterback, you're fucked. So, I I I was gonna pick Saskatchewan if Harris is playing, but Harris isn't gonna play. I don't think so. I guess I'll pick Winnipeg. And does the score really matter? Let's go Winnipeg. I don't know. Um, fifty-seven. Okay, I'm gonna take the Bombers at sixty-five points. You really hate Saskatchewan, okay. don't you? Now we have what's that? I said you really hate Saskatchewan, don't you? Well, Winnipeg and. Uh, who, who, who's they playing? Winnipeg and Hamilton scored 73 points. Okay. Uh-huh. So why can't Winnipeg and Saskatchewan score 65? Well, they can. Yeah. They can. I just don't think they're going to – Saskatchewan's not going to win. So it's going to be Winnipeg, and I think it's going to be a higher-scoring game or a high-scoring game. We'll see what happens. The third okay. game up is the Edmonton Elks. Traveling to BC Place Stadium to play the Lions. This is going to be the Lions' home opener. It's a two-day festival. The mayor declared it BC Lions Day. Uh, they're just an LL Cool J. What a, who the fuck is that? I have no idea. Um, they, they, just, they just rolled out the, the whole thing for this, this opening night. And good for Amar Doman. I'm happy for him. Uh, and BC Lions fans, have, they sold out the lower bowl. They're, they've uh, made a good shot at the upper bowl. I think we're expecting 35,000 fans, maybe more. Uh, it's going to be a good game. I'm, 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 I'm hoping it's going to be a good game. I hope Edmonton can at least come out and, and do something about it. Uh, I'd hate to see it be terrible. Uh, Charles, BC Lions, Edmonton Elks, you're going to the game? Yep. You're you're a fan of this L J L L L Cool J or whatever the fuck his name is? I used to look to him all the time when I was in high school. Charles, you're so lucky. Okay? You're so lucky. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited about it. It's gonna be fun. And uh yeah, I'm thinking I remember last year, the Lions' home opener, this is kind of shaken up like last year, because the Lions' home opener last year also was ATL. They also had the big pregame concert, and then we went out and won 59-15. Is it yep. going to happen again? Well, I don't know if it's going to be to that extent. But they, the, the Lions literally trounced Edmonton all three times they played them last year. And I think Edmonton is better than they were last year, and even though they didn't show it. Last week, uh, I think it's going to be closer. I don't think it's going to be 59-15 this time. But I do expect the Lions to win this one relatively handily. Uh, I, they're just a better team right now than the Elks. Uh, I'm still concerned about Tanner Cornelius. Um, right now, of course, the big uh, target for him is Eugene Lewis, and that's definitely a guy the Lions have to watch. He may be the best wide receiver in the CFL, or he's at least among the top top echelon. 
but other than that, I think the Lions defensively are better than Saskatchewan was. So I think the Lions are going to win this game. Uh, like I said, I don't know if it'll be 59 to 15. The Lions are going to win this game. I'll take the Lions and 46 points. What what was the score? I said 46. 46. Okay. Uh, William, are you yes. playing with your phone? Nope. Okay. I'm rubbing my console. I'm rubbing my console. Sorry. Yeah, you make a noise. I'm Don't do that anymore. Car. I'm cleaning. I'm cleaning my car, Christopher. Sorry. Well, mute um, your phone when you do that because it's rude to Charles. Yes, I. I Okay, sorry, Charles. I apologize. Will you forgive me, Charles? Do you want me to send you money instead? Okay. Anyways. Okay. Anyways. Um, it's Franklin's. Lots of them. I, I'm jealous that Charles gets to see LL Cool J because he's on my playlist, and I listen to him at the gym every morning, Okay. And, uh, really? Yeah, I love LL Cool J. Yes, yes, sir. Really. Um, Why do I have problems? Charles, you're, you're thinking you're thinking I'm pulling your leg, but Charles knows me. He knows that I probably listen to LL Cool J. Anyways, um, I you need would to start not acting your me. age. Well, I've never acted my age, Christopher. So okay, who's going to win this game? Um, what's the other game? What do you mean? What's the fourth game? What's the fourth game? Hamilton, Hamilton Toronto. Toronto. Oh, fuck. Okay. Um, I am going to go... Oh, you guys are going to be shocked. Edmonton Eskimos. Uh, you, you do mean the Elks, Edmonton right? Eskimo, Edmonton Elks, sorry, 50. 50 points? That, yep. Rudy. Oh. Is Hamilton Toronto? No, this is Edmonton, B.C. Oh, Edmonton, B.C., sorry. Um, I'm going to go B.C. is going to win big. After what I saw last week, that's going to be a – B.C. is going to get their blowout. Uh, I don't see Cornelius. I mean, you can do nothing at home. He's playing a better team this week. On the road, I mean, big crowd. I'm going to go BC and a walk, 37 to 11. So what is that, 48 points? 48 points. Okay. Yep. CJ is going to take BC, and no one's surprised by that. And I'm going to go a little higher. I'm going to go with the 56 points. Okay, the last game before we get into some actual football discussion. Ha, ha, ha. The Hamilton Tiger Cats traveling a little north to play the Argos at BMO Field in Toronto. So, uh, interesting game, interesting matchup. These are the two. Toronto had the bye last week. Hamilton dunk it up in Winnipeg. Um, yeah, I don't know. Two games on the road to open the season for Hamilton. Charles, let you go. Well, uh, so you got this is an interesting quarterback match. You got Chad Kelly, and uh, you got um, 
Bo Levi Mitchell. Infamous Bo Levi Mitchell. One has no arm, one has no experience. Um, hmm. Well, you got the Great Cup champion in their home opener. Always a traditional uh, battle between the two rivals. Um, I really just think, though, that um, Toronto's going to come out playing well. I didn't like what I saw last week from Hamilton. They gave up far too many points. Uh, and I'm not confident in their offense with Bowley by Mitchell. So I don't think – I think this is going to be a win for um, – this is going to be a win for Toronto. Uh, they're coming off the Grey Cup. They want to have a good show in their home opener. I think Toronto wins this one. I don't know if it's going to be super big. I think it could be close. But I expect that Toronto will win, and I say they combine for uh, 43 points. Okay. William? So I, I have a question to ask everybody. Do you think it'll be a sellout in Toronto tomorrow or on, on the weekend, home opener? What do you think? I think they're going to have a good crowd, but mainly because they get a lot of fans coming up from Hamilton. 20,000 pounds. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, okay. I don't think yeah, they've seen 20,000 fans. When was the last time they saw 20,000 fans? When was the last time? I don't think it was 40,000 fans in BMO Field. Anyways. Um, I thought you said He's the son of some he Kelly played, guy, Jim Kelly or something. He played, no, he's not. He's the cousin of some Matthew. Kelly guy. He's a, he, he's he played one quarter in the Grey Cup, and everybody thinks he's the next one. Are you fucking kidding me? Anyways, I'm not even going to give this a, a chance. I'm going to say Hamilton 43. Okay. Rudy? I think Hamilton because they they play the regular season game, so they're going to be more in sync than Toronto. And uh, and and Chad Kelly is unproven, so I'm going to go Hamilton 23-22, so 45 points. Okay, and I am taking Toronto, and I'm going low at 38. I I think Chad Kelly's going to come out and make a statement. Not sure what that statement is. I don't know whether it's good or bad, but it's going to be a statement. Okay, that's the wrap. Sparky's going to have to listen to this to write all these down. And uh, let's move on to Charles's wonderful agenda. And i got to find it. Here we go. Move back a little bit. Okay, so uh, week one power rankings. Oh, okay, let's do that. That sounds like fun. Okay, now Sparky was talking to Belton Johnson, and Belton wants to come on the show and talk about power rankings, which is kind of cool. Uh, we're we're going to save that for a couple of weeks because I think we're too early to be doing any kind of uh, abusing Belton on his power rankings, but although his were kind of weird. Um, let's see what happens here. We got Winnipeg Blue Bombers in first place. They had a... Uh, a big win over Hamilton at 
really hard to argue anything about this. They're going to go into play Saskatchewan, which is a lesser team. They're they're number one powerful team in the league right now. Does anybody disagree with this? Please uh, just say really no. Hard to. No. Okay. Just so that I, you no. know, I can no. participate in this a little bit, just just come in and no. tell us what you think. Yes or no? Hamilton number one. No. Yeah. Hamilton no? number Hamilton? one. No. Hamilton? Oh, sorry, no. Winnipeg. Winnipeg's number one. My, my bad. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yes. That makes a lot more sense. Okay, okay, okay. In, in second place, they have the BC Lions, a 1-0 team. They beat the Calgary Stampeders 25-15. Uh, they're next playing the Edmonton Elks. Power ranking position number two. Yes or no? Yeah, that's fine. Yes. Again, I got to say yes. Yes. Okay. I lost my sheet here. Just a second. Uh, in third place, we have the Toronto Argonauts, who were on a bye last week. They are the defending Grey Cup champions. They are playing at home, and they are playing the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So. I don't have a problem with them in third place. That's where I put them on my my power rankings. Uh, yes or no, Charles? What did you put up there? Uh, you know what? I'm going to say yes because the two teams that won the, the two other teams that won this past weekend didn't look all that impressive. So I'll say yes. I'm okay. fine with that. Rudy, you you agree in here, Rudy? Yeah, no, I agree. Okay, and William? No. Nope. You okay with the Argos up there? No, I'm not. Okay, who do you want to put in third? Um, Saskatchewan. You want to put Saskatchewan in third place? Yep. Wow. I, I okay. put everybody in. I put I put everybody in third place, but I can't do that. Okay. Um, okay. Well, uh, CFL.ca has Toronto Argonauts there. Uh, move on. Fourth place, they've got the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, this is a big note for me. I, I've got Saskatchewan down in sixth place. Uh, who have I got in fourth? Oh, I think it's Hamilton. I think they put Hamilton up here. So, uh, Hamilton in fourth place for me. Uh, but no way Saskatchewan's in fourth place. Charles, what do you got? Boy, I wouldn't put them in fourth place. Uh, if anything, if you're going to put one of the winning teams in fourth place, I'm probably going to put Montreal there. Not that they were all impressive, but I'd probably put them there before I put Saskatchewan. Especially considering now that um, Saskatchewan's starting quarterback may be out. Okay. Rudy. Fourth place. Well, this is, a cla- this, this is a classic case of uh, who's the tallest midget. So I'll go with Saskatchewan. I think they 
they beat a better team in Edmonton. Me saying that, I don't even know. Uh, they beat a Edmonton team that was supposed to be a better team and at home in front of 35,000 people. So on that, I'll give it to them, but that's not saying a lot. Like I said, the battle of the tallest midgets. Wow. Okay. Um, William, did you go on this one? No, you didn't. You you, you put Saskatchewan in third. No. Nope. Who you got in fourth? Montreal. Montreal. Wow. We have some different opinions here. Uh, in fifth place, they have the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, okay. I, I'm lost. Fifth place was Hamilton Tiger Cats. I had the Tiger Cats in fourth place actually, so uh, I'm not putting them in fifth. I, I put the Stamps in fifth place right now. William, go ahead, and then you can mute your mic. Can you not mute yourself? Oh, sorry, I forgot to mute myself. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Calgary in fifth. Calgary in fifth. Okay. Uh, Charles. I'm also going to agree and put Calgary in fifth. Okay, so that's three of us with Calgary in fifth. We just got some other guys up above us. Uh, Rudy, what are you going to pick for fifth there? I'll pick Hamilton in fifth. You're going to put the Ticats in fifth. Who did you have in fourth? Montreal, didn't you? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so you got Hamilton there. In sixth place, uh, CFL.ca's got Calgary there, and uh, we got Calgary up in fifth, so that's not going to happen. Sixth place, I have the Riders. Saskatchewan Rough Riders are in sixth place. Uh, yes, they won a game, but they did uh, so against a bad, a bad team, and the game was not impressive. There's no way I could have Saskatchewan any higher than sixth place. And certainly wouldn't have had him in the third position number three that Willie did. So, uh, Will, you go ahead now and tell me who you got in sixth place. Because remember, this isn't the standings. This is the power rankings. Hamilton. You got Hamilton there, eh? You don't think Hamilton played a better game against Winnipeg? Never mind. I'm not even going to go there. Charles, Charles, what are you doing? You're not, supposed to, you're not supposed to argue about power rankings, Christopher. Power rankings are a waste of fucking time. Sorry. I know they are. I know okay, they are. I don't even know what we're doing them. Okay, so whatever. I'll go with the flow. I'll put Saskatchewan six. Okay. Rudy. Uh, Calgary six. Okay. In seventh place, the Edmonton Elks. Uh, in seventh place, I got Montreal. It, it, it's really irrelevant at this point in time. We're going to have Montreal, uh, Edmonton, and, and Ottawa down at the bottom. And, and what order it is really doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, I, I think they're the only teams that are left. Uh, Rudy put Montreal higher, but they shouldn't have been. But 
like it will says we're not arguing over power rankings so uh anybody got anything to add on this one before we move nope okay Uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats release Canadian defensive line Kwaku Botang. Why'd they do that? Probably because they signed so many players, they just don't have any room left. Well, they just signed some guy out of the uh, out of the NFL, didn't they? Or well, that's he got Donald. the guy the Lions had. Yeah, they could, they did. They got what's his name? Jonathan Kabongo. Kongbo, yeah. Kongbo or whatever. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, but they say, oh, yeah. So okay. Remember, do you guys remember Kwaku Boateng? I, I always do. thought he was a pretty good key lineman. I did too. Ronda Ho- Ronda Holtby's favorite uh, Edmonton Eskimo? One of Ronda's favorite, yes. They used to and piss her off all him. the time by calling him Johnny Duotang. I used to call him Mr. Duotang. Yep. Ah, okay. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. I forgot all about her. Thanks a lot for bringing that one back, Will. <laughs> I honestly don't think we could name all the people that have been on the show. Can you? Do you think we could? I could name most of them. I might forget about some. Some of them were utterly forgettable. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, is this guy going to find a home real quick? Is he going to find a home real quick, or is it over for him? I I think he's a He's a Canadian that can. That's a pretty good player, so I think he'll find a home. Someone will pick him up. I, I'm he, honestly surprised Chris Jones hasn't done it already. He, he's a Canadian player that was good two years ago, but remember he was injured all of last year. Maybe he, was, he hasn't yeah. recovered yet. Maybe not. Maybe that could be the reason. Okay. You got anything to add to this Kwaku Bopang thing there, Rudy? Not much to add. You guys covered that. Anything here? What's going on? No, we're here with nothing. I'm sure somebody's going to pick him up because he's a Canadian defensive lineman. We can do that. Craig Dickinson, Riders QB Trevor Harris, is fine. Expected to practice fully on Wednesday. Should he be called out for putting his QB in jeopardy? It, yes. it, it's funny as hell because you do call them out, and the Ryder fans jump on the Craig Dickinson bandwagon and defend him. How the fuck do you do that? 
because once a writer fan, always a writer fan, and if you're a writer fan, you always back up whoever is part of the team. I mean, think about what they said about Cody Fajardo two years ago. And last year he was absolute shit, according to them. So, well, but he was yeah, just part that's of the why, team. That's why. But look how they supported Marino last year. They they supported Marino to the death last year. Absolutely. Once you're a writer, you get supported forever until you're not a writer anymore. Yeah. I mean, it was hilarious. Should he be called out for putting his QB in jeopardy? How? Well, you can't. This is unless they win the Grey Cup. This is his last year, anyways. Anyways, so they're not going to call him out. The the biggest issue is yeah he's not he, okay he's going to play this week but he picked up an extra bump that he didn't need. You know what I mean? He's not a spring chicken, and you know it'd be nice to get your quarterback. You know. Um, into week two without any uh, injuries or any little mix. Now he's, you know, it's a long season, and those things can, you know, at, pile up. And by, you know, it's a nagging injury that lasts a few weeks, it could turn to something else. So it's a, need, a needless, needless risk. They, they lose uh, Harris. They're going to – they would – be worse than Ottawa or Edmonton combined. They're they're up the creek if they lose them. They're they're finished. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're they're not all that good with them. Exactly. So if they lost them, would they be actually be losing that much? Well, yeah, because yeah. the guy behind us probably got, is probably a lot worse. How do you know that? You don't know that. That's that's the whole thing right now. We've got a whole pile of reject quarterbacks in the league, and 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 we have no idea who the backups are. It's honestly can you name a backup on any team in the CFL except for BC? Um, Winnipeg's got a guy. I think his name is Drew Brown, or something like that. Not that he's any good, but yeah, I, I, I know his name. I even know, I even know, Miss, I even know Winnipeg's third string, Mister Piggy. Okay, <laughs> there you go, Pig Room. Miss Piggy, Miss Piggy playing for the Bombers. Mister oh. Piggy, yeah, they call him Piggy apparently. Is this Saskatchewan Dollar Gaga or Dollar Gata or what's his name in Saskatchewan? Is that Jake? Dolagala, that's that's their third string. Oh, okay. Mason Fine is their yeah. backup. Okay. Yeah, Mason Fine's your backup. You know what I mean? I mean Here, I've got a. Would it would it be a big deal if if Trevor Harris went away and they had Mason Fine or Jake Dolagala? Yes, it would be because. Because Trevor Harris has experience, okay? I've got a I got a question for you guys that goes along this line. Okay? And maybe Christopher and I will agree. Uh, being the sixty year old guys, 
we believe the upcoming generation is all a bunch of snowflakes. Okay? <laughs> is there is there is there more injuries in football right now because there's so many snowflakes in football? Because there's snowflakes in football? Yeah, there's snowflakes in football. They're uh, just not as tough as they used to be, Christopher. And, and I don't the know. Guys gotta, I, uh, you know what? I, I disagree with that, uh, that that concept, and I think it's the it's the other way around. There's more injuries in football right now, is because the football players train so much. They're leaner, they're meaner. They don't have enough flexibility. They don't have enough bounce. They're just solid rock, and they they, well, the they game smash into each other and they get hurt. Also, okay. the game's faster. The game's faster, so well, with speed comes bigger collisions. Like when we were young, Willie, the, the, the players showed up for training camp, and they called it training camp because you trained for the game. You, you trained for the season. You, you came in there fat, slobby, overweight, smoking. And then you trained for a couple of weeks, and you got ready for the game, and then you went and played the season. Um, now the guys are coming in ripped, red, you know, been, been training all off season. Now this training camp isn't really training camp anymore. It's more like it's not a conditioning camp. It's a, it's like a tryout more than anything. And uh, then they go balls to the wall right in, right away. And then they like what happened to uh, what's his name Andrew Harris last year? He tore his booby off and. And, you know, things like that happen because, I mean, never were we young did anybody have a kit ripped off. It just didn't happen. You broke things. You didn't care them. You know, except the knee. Everybody blows knees apart. But that, that's my belief in it. I, I don't think it's because they're snowflakes. I, I think it's because they're, they're in too good a shape, and that's why we're having so many problems. Somebody else want to answer this? What's your thought on it? Is it because they're wimpy little snowflakes? Mute your mic, Will. I think there's a lot to be said. I think there's a lot to be said with what you're saying because these guys are coming in, and like you said, they've been working out all summer. The guys back in the 60s and 70s didn't do that. But once the season was over, their conditioning was done. They didn't care about it until the next next season. And uh, the guys coming in now are like uh, bodybuilders that can play football. And they're so strong and they're so muscular and so on like that. All they do is they're like, they're like uh, walking weapons, basically. So that's, uh, I think that's got a lot to do with it. You guys just run around and hit things. Well, there's also more protocols in place now too, right? With the science, they they hold guys out for head injuries and stuff like that. So sometimes the players have no choice, right? Also, the medical staff, they're liable. If they send a player out there and he gets hurt, I mean, it's on them. They're the ones getting fired or sued. So you can't really compare because it's it's just different. You know, if you left it up to the players, I bet you 80% of the players would probably play through some of their injuries. Well, that's true, too, yeah. And th- and now they don't play through their injuries quite as much. Some do, some don't. Well, who was it? Um, did, hang on. 
Oh, that was what's his name in the Florida Panther guy. What's his name? Kachuk. Yeah. He, he didn't yeah, play. Uh, he yeah, didn't play this last Matt game, Kachuk. but he played the game before with a broken sternum. Yes. Yeah, that's unbelievable. How, like one guy said, how was he even walking, let alone playing hockey? <laughs> Man, that's that's gotta fucking hurt. <laughs> and and he got two misconduct penalties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I I understand that. Yeah, no, it, it, football players used to play through the pain. I don't think they do that anymore. So that would kind of lean towards the Will Snowflake theory too, though, eh? So he's not wrong. No, I think there's I, I think there's like two different things that are happening here. And uh, I don't know. Now, hang on. I gotta find your. Uh, my finger hurts. My hand's starting to throb. I'm doing too much typing here with my fingers. Um. Bill Norman five. Okay. While we're on this subject, because it's not part of the agenda, let's talk about this fucking idiot that was at the. Elk tryout in Los Angeles. And he started whining and complaining that the Elks had asked him to help set up the field and do some paperwork. So he he did it, and then he complained about it. He got told that uh, don't complain. And then he filed a grievance with the CFL. I don't know how you do that. I don't know if it's actually a grievance or did he just file a complaint. But, you know, if you get told to paint the fence and wax the car, you do it. Because Mr. Miyagi tells you to. And it doesn't matter. This is a even if this is a test to find out what you're gonna, if, how well you take orders or anything else. You just do it. You just prove that you can be part of the team, and you do whatever needs to be done. And then by filing a complaint with the CFL, you've just proved the point that you're not that type of person. That no other GM in the CFL is going to touch you. You're obviously not good enough to be in the NFL. And the XFL and the USFL don't give a shit about kickers. So you as a punter are now permanently unemployed. Your career is now over. Go flip some burgers. I don't know what this is. You know, and somebody called him, oh, this is professional. You don't do this to professional athletes. Well, he's right out of college. He's not a professional athlete. He hasn't been paid to play anywhere. He's a wannabe. And he's proved that he doesn't really want to be because he would have done what he was supposed told to do without complaining and whining about it. He's pissed off he didn't get a participation ribbon. This is Will's fucking snowflake. And I, I don't understand. I don't get it. And everybody's ripping Chris Jones a new one saying that this this is just a, another stunt that he's pulled or 
that how how dare he treat people like this? Everything else, he's finding out what players are going to play for his team and which ones are are not. Who's going to go to the distance for the team? Once again, I have absolutely zero problems with this at all. Charles, what's your take on this one? You know who we're talking about and what's going on? Yeah, the guy's an idiot and he should keep his mouth shut. He's not, but he should. And he's just making himself look foolish, to be perfectly honest. But, uh, yeah, this guy, he's a a crybaby. Fucking snowflake. Pretty. You think Chris Jones is being mean and hard on the the players and and everything else, or... I think people that I think CFL. I mean, if you want to, you want to have a good, you know, some good advertising, good PR, you should run a camp properly. I mean, you shouldn't expect the guy to set up stuff and and chart numbers for other players. I mean, he's there to do a job. He's focused. He's he's, he's competing for a job. He shouldn't have to be setting up pylons and 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 grab a clipboard. I mean, that's not part of the deal. So. I mean, but I don't know the details. So, I mean, now, should he have said anything? Probably not, because, like you said, he's going to be blackballed. But, I mean, if there's any truth to this, I mean, I think as a league, you'd want your franchises to represent the league in a, you know, in a in a professional manner where you come in and you go, oh, this is like, you know, this is CFL, and you have things set up, you have the coaches ready, and you have everything set up, and, you know, just to, you know, make the league look good. So, I mean, it's not the end of the world that he, you know. Do you know how many interns a CFL team has? And do you know what an intern is? Yeah, they work for, I mean, they're they're working for for free. Yeah. And do you know how many a CFL team has? Not often. Lots and lots. I'm sure they they have interns in the equipment department. They have interns in the social media yeah. department. They have interns in the marketing department. They have interns in the, the secretary pool. They have interns all over the place. They, uh, most guest coaches don't get paid shit. So I, I honestly don't believe that I have a problem with them asking players. And it wasn't just him. He wasn't just the only one singled out. Edmonton asked everybody to help out and participate. He's the only one that bitched about it. But is I this the norm? Is this what? I've never heard of another team doing that. Like, when you're professional football, I'm, I'm thinking you're walking into the camp assuming that this is all going to be set up and you're going to have just to worry about when you're punting. I mean, I think it's a little bit odd. Uh, I, I I I think this is the norm rather than the exception. William, um, correct me if I'm wrong. This puts more fuel on my fire. He was a kicker, correct? And Chris Jones thinks as highly of kickers as you do. Kickers don't belong in football. Tell them to all go away. Okay, go away, go away. <laughs> how many times? 
What was that? How many times do you have to say this? On, no, no. On Thursday night, after 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 uh, the San Peter's kicker missed two field goals in a row, how many times do you think I yelled, "Go back and be a fucking fireman"? Okay, because <laughs> that's that's what he is. Okay, yeah, he's a fireman. He obviously, he's a kicker because he missed twice. In a row, four points. That game could have been way closer if he hadn't completed those two field goals. You know that, eh? How many points? Six All points, Will. Six points. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. Anyway, that's what I think about that. You know what? You go to a tryout camp. You know what? You, you don't. You're, you're not. A, you're not even a human being. Sorry. Try out. If you make the team, great. If you don't, shut the fuck up. Sorry, just my take. Yeah, I, I I really don't have a problem with this. Okay, um, this is something kind of uh, unusual, and hopefully, Charles, you've been following this a little bit more than I have. Um, O-line, BC O-lineman Philip Norman, Phil Norman, suffered a significant, significant medical episode prior to Wednesday's practice. Um, they had the paramedics working on him, and they hauled him off to the hospital or the medical center. Um, any idea what happened, and is he okay? Is What's the story here? Charles, what are you um, there, man? It, there was no real uh, indication what the actual issue was. Obviously, it was serious enough to bring out the paramedics and so on. Last word that I heard is that he was awake and alert and... They had done some tests, and all his vital signs came back normal. Other than that, we have very little information. The team is not releasing it. Uh, they're saying it's more of a private matter. Well, and it is a private matter. Mm-hmm. But uh, a significant medical episode. Yes. And he's been placed on the one-game injured list. Absolutely. Yeah, that's kind of what I heard as well. Able to sit up and take nourishment, and that's about it. Yep. Okay. Yeah, lines had a practice scheduled for noon today, and uh, it just did. It 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 was canceled. They they didn't have a they didn't have a practice the rest of the day. I guess they they gave the the boys the day off to think about their buddy, make sure that he was okay. And uh, so be it. Uh, It was very kind of unusual. Um, You hate to hear these things, but we're hearing them a lot, lot more. Discussion with my doctor the other day about this. Um, He was uh, doing a checkup on my eight-year-old grandson because the hockey team or the, the hockey camp that he's going to this summer needed an eight-year-old kid to have a, a pass a physical before they would allow him into this camp. Uh, I never heard this That's before. We just used to go, used to go and do shit. Um, but yeah. they're, they're looking, looking for heart defects and all sorts of stuff. So, you know, they uh, sent him off for an EKG and an ultrasound. I mean, this is an eight-year-old kid. Um, so, yeah, it's a, Kind of, uh, I, I'm, I'm 
glad they're taking this all seriously, but you know it's a little little off the wall in my opinion, but is it a waste of um resources uh I don't know, I don't know how to say this, but i am I'm, I'm glad that they're testing my grandson to find if there's anything the matter with him i'm 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 pleased about that. I think it's ridiculous, but I'm pleased. More and more athletes are having problems. Um, card, cardiomyopathy is that is does that sound like a proper word? Uh, it's close enough. Mis, misshaped heart or something. Something's working one or one way or the other or whatever else. Um, yeah, so it's it's kind of big. Although you know. This is what they're trying to blame all these vaccine injuries on. But we'll just see what happens. I'm not going in there right now. Um, Anybody got anything to add to this? William, did you hear anything different out there on the the beat? No, but I I was going to – you're talking about kids with defects. I was at the gym this morning. And there was a woman on a treadmill running, and she's probably, I'm going to say she was eight and a half months pregnant. Oh, really? Yep. That's not good. So I, so I walked up to the treadmill, and she took her headphones off, and I looked her in the eye, and I said, don't run. You're going to hurt your baby. So I was convinced. And she, and she looked and at I, you and I she said, have, I'm have. not pregnant. Yeah, she was pregnant. And you could tell. That would have been funny tell. if that had happened. <laughs> what, noti- what I noticed first was her breast, but that's besides the point. But no, she was running. And it's like, don't that, run. That, that would have been bad. You're going to... You're going to give the kid brain damage or something, for fuck's sake. Okay? You're 60 pounds overweight. You're not going to – it's not going to make a difference for you. What are you doing? Yeah, it's not good for your knees. Take care of your knees, okay? <laughs> That's the only thing i got to tell you young guys out there. Take care of your knees. Okay? You'll miss them when they're gone. Did you see that TikTok of the chick on the treadmill that that tripped and the treadmill ripped her clothes off? That was kind of funny. Anyhow. Once again, I've experienced three people close to me that have had knee replacements. You don't want to ever have a knee replacement. No. I haven't had a knee replacement. I don't want one. They're not fun. No, I had my knee operated on last year for a torn MCL. I didn't like that. Rudy, you got anything to add to this, or we're we just moving on to the CFL finding players? No, oh, good to move on. Okay, we're good to move on. There we go. CFL find five players following week one action. My God, that was a little abusive, don't you think? In fact, there were three finds came from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers game. Hamilton defensive lineman Mohamed Dalio fined for unnecessary roughness on Winnipeg offensive Lineman Jeff Gray, Hamilton defensive back Cartel Flowers, Lloyd, 
was fine for a low block on special teams. And on the flip side, Winnipeg defensive back Brandon Alexander was fine for a high hit on Hamilton receiver. What the fuck name is that? Coldrail Smith? Okay. Now, was that the – one of these guys got clotheslined. Was it the, the Saskatchewan game or was it the Hamilton game? I don't know. It was a great hit. It was absolutely a great hit. Took his hand off. Uh, in other action, Ottawa Red Blacks defensive lineman Bryce Carter was fined for unnecessary roughness on Montreal Alouettes quarterback Cody Pajardo. And finally, in the Elks defensive back, Ed Ganey was fined for a high hit on Saskatchewan Rough Riders receiver Jake Winnicky. I, th- I think it was the Winnipeg Brandon Alexander on Smith hit where he literally just took his head off. It was it was a great hit. And uh he got he got flagged on it and now he got fined on it. As per league policy, the amount of fines were not disclosed. The maximum possible fine under the league's collective bargaining agreement is equal to one half of a player's one game check. I, you know, I was look, going through some CFL articles the other day where they actually said how much it was, and they said the player was fined $50. And uh, so I thought it was kind of fun. It just kind of moved on and did that, and per league policy, the uh, amounts of fines were not disclosed. That, that, that's a lot of fines for one one week. I don't think we've ever had five fines in one week. Well, that's not true. We've had one player fined three times. And suspended a couple. Anything to add there, guys? We've got 10 minutes left to show. Anywhere else you would like to go? What else would you like to talk about? Well, you, know, you, know, you know what? What you're, what you're talking about there are fines. And most of the fines were for high hits. Okay? Yeah. I wonder why. I wonder why you're still allowed to go after a guy's knees when you tackle him. I would think that's probably well, one of the most dangerous hits out there. It is, and, and, and you're not and, allowed to go after certain certain players' knees and from certain di- no, different no, directions. I'm, I'm talking when a running back comes around the, the edge and a defensive back goes at him, they always go down low because they're taught to go down low. Because, of yeah. course, they don't want to take him because he's too strong up high. But I would think that's just that of a hit, to be honest with you. In my mind, anyways. Just saying. I think some of the hits are also just mistimed, right? Guys aren't in, um, guys aren't in uh, mid-season form and a lot of pent-up energy and guys are just flying around early on and clumsy and stuff like that. I don't think all of them are, are with, you know, ill will, just clumsiness and timing's off. Well, I don't think anybody, very rare do you have a CFL player hit another player with mattless. Okay. With the intent to injure. That simply doesn't happen. Well, first of all, it shouldn't happen, and it, it did. It did last season with uh, what's his nuts from Saskatchewan taking out Mazzoli. 
and 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 yeah. accordingly, he's just he's not in the league anymore. And I, I'd love to yeah. say it's because of that, but it wasn't. Skatchin took a long time before they decided to kick him out. So we've got a few minutes here. Let's see what title defenses we have on the line here. Sunday against Hamilton, the Argonauts will begin their 150th year in the in Canadian football. That's the 150th anniversary for the Argos. That's pretty substantial. Reigning Grey Cup champions will raise the championship banner prior to the game. Entering his third season as head coach, Ryan Dinwiddie owns a record of 20 to, and 12. Wow, I had no idea. He's six and two versus Ticats, including an undefeated four four and zero at Bemo Field. Really? Wait, I did not did know he, that. He's actually he's actually he's an Eastern coach, and he's actually won twenty games. Isn't that a record? Yeah, he's doing pretty good. So, can we now say he's actually is a good coach? No, nope. it's hard to say he's a great well, coach. He's won a great cup. He's, he's in won the a great cup. He's, he's, he's won three divisions. He it's, checks it's, all the boxes. It's hard because he's so stupid. He he's in the East. shit during the game. Fair enough. In the East. Like I said, he's in the East. Yeah. Think about that. He's, he's got 20 wins in three seasons. Yeah. Do the math. How many wins, how many wins is that a season? That's not even. Oh, he's at 30%. Hang on, hang on, hang go. on. No, it's not. Hang on, hang on. He's got 20 wins games. 24 wins. Says twenty. Twenty-four wins out of how much? Thirty-one games. He has twenty victories <laughs> and twelve defeats. Twenty victories, so thirty-two. So is this Those basically at don't add up. sixty, about sixty percent, six, six, six twenty-five. All right. I mean, actually, they do because the one season was a short season. That, that's oh, not right. bad. I mean, that's that's yeah, wild. we only had 14 okay. games in one season, right? That's right. Okay. Right. That makes sense. One was a 14. 14 and 18, so there's a 32. So, yeah. So, he's he's been head coach for two seasons, and he's got a record of 20 and 12. That's not bad with a great cup championship nope. and three straight division titles. Yep. No, they're looking with two straight division titles. They're looking for their third. Here, here's something that I didn't know. Argonauts have a league low six first year players, including two quarterbacks. What else have we got for interesting stats? Willie Jefferson's next sack will be his 30th. Edmonton's Manny Arsenal needs 40 yards to reach 9,000. 
Dominic Rimes recorded his 13th career 100-yard receiving game. Uh, Simone Lawrence passed Calvin Tiggle in uh, defensive tackles at 663. In 13 starts against the Argos, Bo Levi Mitchell is 12-1. and one. Wow. That's an interesting that's an interesting stat. And you pick some another one wow. with Hamilton. I got this really loud humming right now and I can't figure out where it's coming from here. And I just figured it out. My one of my dogs next door is snoring. I thought it was your hearing aid. <laughs> I, I need the hearing aid. Yeah, I don't know. I can't hear shit, so. Winnipeg has won its past five games versus Saskatchewan. All with Zach Valero, the quarterback. He is 25-3 and three in his last 28 starts. Wow. Pretty good That's run. Fun. It's remarkable. That's one, one of the best, if not the best runs of a, any CFL quarterback ever. Yep. And one of the losses they pinned on him was a game where it was in Calgary and he left after the first quarter uh, in the snowstorm. Was it two years ago or three years ago? 2019. He played the first quarter, left the game up, and then Calgary came back and won, and somehow he got the loss. I don't know how that that works, but that's CFL math, I guess. But well, it's not. Yeah. It's not baseball. Um, okay, so <laughs> hang on, guys. Uh, we got to sh- shut the show down. This has been Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number five hundred and thirty-four. I've been your host, Chris Jones. Uh, we did talk some football. We talked some numbers. We talked a whole pile of everything. We a minute left in the show, and Charles, say good night. Good night, folks. Thanks for listening. Uh, enjoy these weekend's games. We'll talk to you next week. And Rudy. Uh, yeah, good night, and uh, congrats again, uh, Ryder fans, for winning the fifth grade cup last week. So uh, good luck on Friday. Okay. Uh, Willie, say good night. Good night. Good night, everybody. Go Stamps, go. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, good night, guys.